morning, partner. What do we got today, Gray? 25-year-old Caucasian female, Tracy Calloway. Same as the other? Same as the others. Bloody hell. Join homicide detectives Dean Tidwell and Grayson Copeland as they delve into the darkness that their city welcomes with open arms. As they search for a serial killer, known only as the Gray-Eyed Man, from slaughtering his next victim, they put their jobs, families, and lives in jeopardy, only to learn there's more than one. Read it all in David K. Montoya's book, Through the Eyes of Madness, available at mythmart.com and where books are found. This book is not for the faint of heart. Consider yourself warned. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 222 of the World of Mythbits. And as I rattle off those numbers, I uh, remember from my teenage years uh, a comedian, an Australian comedian, that used to um, pay out a particular uh, Australian uh, cricket commentator in uh, a man named Richie Benno. He was an incredible captain uh, of back in the 60s, I guess, maybe. Um, incredible spin bowler. Uh, and for those of you overseas, uh, many of you, uh, the American listeners, I'm sure that spin bowling and cricket probably doesn't need a, uh, probably doesn't mean a, a great deal. Um, but he was uh, an absolute legend of this particular game, um, incredible uh, Australian sportsman, and he used to have this uh, this distinct way of speaking, and when he was. Uh, when he was commentating, so of course uh, a lot of sports people will continue on after they retire, will continue on in like a commentary role or that sort of thing and he used to have this distinct way of saying the number two, he used to be two, 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 two for 22. So this is episode 222 of the world of Mythbits. That that's my uh, dodgy Richie Richie Benno accent. Um, kicking off, this is the um, April magazine edition. Uh, the review. I'm going to give it a crack. Ooh, flying by the seat of my pants. Um, I've been that flat out uh, over the uh, the last couple of weeks of uh, of April. It's been utterly ridiculous. Our school holiday program at the library where I work. Uh, I've been distinctly involved in running an escape room, uh, Easter-themed escape room that, uh, that went quite well. Um, different activities, different um, performers uh, that we've sort of been engaging. Uh, the end of the financial year is a fun time uh, and we're coming uh, towards the um, May, June where we're sort of looking at the budgets and uh, being local council, local government, it's a matter of, <clears throat> excuse me, a matter of spend 
or lose. And so uh, our events budget, I'm sort of looking and I, I haven't really been spending it as much as I probably should have. We've been relying on staff a lot to run activities and the such. Uh, so now it's the fun time, the, uh, the end of financial year, where you engage a lot of performers and a lot of um, activities so that you can actually spend those dollars. Uh, I should really get better at planning and actually plan it throughout the year. But anyway, regardless, busy, busy, busy. Uh, so I'm sort of just scraping the surface on the magazine. So we're going to delve in uh, and give it a crack uh, and see how we go. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I admit I've had a bit of a look through, um, a, a bit of a glance uh, and so hopefully I can do it justice and I promise to actually go back and reread all of the different pieces and make sure that I leave comments for those that uh, you can leave comments and stars. Um, and yet with any luck, I will be able to actually jump in and I will be able to get all of that done before the 10th of, uh, of May as well, the sort of cutoff for um, when... Uh, Looper goes in and checks to see who is member of the month. Uh, and speaking of member of the month, I uh, am absolutely honoured that um, this uh, for this particular magazine for the uh, the month of February March. Uh, so coming into the April magazine, of course, uh, the member of the month happened to be me. I uh, I'm very uh, very honoured. Um, my uh, my short story, my piece from a the point of view of a character that's gone through uh, and survived a domestic violence or family violence situation. Um, so I'm uh, I'm incredibly honoured that uh, that Steph and Dave chose that piece to uh, to highlight um, as the um, the the highlighted story for uh, for February March uh, there were a number of different pieces that I'd sent through but this one here was uh, particularly uh, heartfelt particularly emotional so I uh, I really appreciate the fact that they chose or whoever chose uh, that it was chosen to be um, put up front for uh, for people to have a look at uh, and also Steph's um, introduction for the February March magazine uh, also mentioned it, also highlighted it, uh, and I, I think that that helped, but I'd also like to think that um, the, the story sort of rang emotionally for uh, a lot of readers as well. Um, and it's, yeah, particularly when I'm, like, today I'm recording this, uh, this podcast, it's May the 4th here, uh, so all Star Wars fans out there, May the 4th be with you. Uh, I'm sure it'll be after May the 4th by the time it goes live and by the time you actually listen in. But, um, yeah, anybody out there who's sort of uh, on May the 4th humming the uh, the cantina tune, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, but yesterday for us was, uh, was the day, May the 3rd, was the candlelit vigil um, recognising uh, domestic violence family violence, recognising the deaths that have been caused. Uh, and um, at the vigil, as the MC, I had to mention that for 
2022, um, the number of deaths was 55 across Australia. Uh, that's, that's way too many victims. That's way too many people dying in situations with people that um, they're supposed to be able to trust and are supposed to be able to care, are supposed to be caring for them. Uh, and also the fact that as of May the 3rd for Australia, um, we were already at 13 and it was shocking for me to sort of go back and have a look at the statistics and find out that for 2023, our first domestic violence related death was the 4th of January. So like not even a week into the year, the new year, and already this is continuing. The, the fact that we've, we've got like at least one person a week dying from domestic and or family violence. And it, yeah, it just, getting the awareness and changing the, um, changing the, the way that um, the next generation, I think we've, we've lost all hope with, with those that are violent towards women and violent towards children. We've, we've lost that, um, that generation already. I think it's going to be really, really difficult to sort of change the mindset of somebody who thinks that's okay. But hopefully we can change the mindset of children, of teenagers, of that generation that's coming up so that their generation, so that the following generation, so that the following generation after that, that we actually see major changes and we see those numbers reduce. And hopefully one day, one year, we will see those numbers reduce to zero. I think will be incredible. That's, that's the ultimate dream. That's the, the impossible quest. Um, but yeah, the, by sharing and highlighting stories such as Monster or Not, that's one way that we can try and keep the subject of domestic violence and the fact that it happens in all communities across the entire world. Um, we, um, yeah, we can, we can try and um, change the mindsets of community and change the mindsets of perpetrators and change the mindsets of those that, that hear and see um, that we won't remain silent and that we won't be violent. So, jumping ahead, ah, so this month's featured article sounds intriguing, um, as I click on the cover, come on, and I have to admit, going through the drabble and flash and such, uh, it actually was quite intriguing. Um, I just wanted to uh, also do some housekeeping before we kick off. Uh, I haven't even asked Dave or Steph, uh, just sort of jumping in, flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, first and foremost, Book of the Month Club. Um, <clears throat> make sure you jump on, make sure you have a look, make sure that you uh, support the wonderful things that Dark Myth Publishing uh, and the imprints relating to Dark Myth Publishing are, um, are doing. And uh, yeah, make sure that you um, 
check out Book of the Month, see if you can uh, sign up for it. Um, lots going on uh, on the website. Um, I, uh, I'm proud to say that my children's book, The Neighbour, is about a week away from publication as of my recording of this public, uh, podcast. In fact, probably less than a week away now. Um, but the pre-order is uh, on the website, uh, $6.50 US, um, excluding sales tax uh, currently on mythmart.com. Then there's Through the Eyes of Madness by David K. Montoya, uh, $24.99. Um, then there's The Angel of Darkness by Michael McGee. That's the new one that's come out from, uh, from Mythmart. Then Promised Rewards is uh, Cliff Flint's book. Uh, about the Bard, that's the um, 2022, uh, 2022 uh, the winner of the Open Contracts Challenge. Uh, and just mentioning the Open Contracts Challenge, of course, is now closed. So we are anxiously awaiting, those of us who have entered, anxiously awaiting to discover who, uh, who are the, the top 10 and possibly the wildcard 11th entries to, uh, to make it into... Um, to the competition for 2023 and I do not envy at all the uh, the new person who's uh, um, moderating that competition uh, good luck to us all um, yeah hopefully uh, hopefully we will hear soon um, so just saying coming back to the magazine uh, another bumper edition with 19 stories 12 poems um, six artworks Two youth and four adult, uh, a movie review from Kevin, as well as uh, a book review and artist reviews, uh, artists reviewed from uh, Michael, of course. Um, Banksy is uh, one of the artists, I believe. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting into that and uh, giving that a uh, a look. Um, minutes from the board meeting of December twenty two. Uh, I sort of scanned my eyes over that. Um, that's quite interesting. Looking at, uh, I think that meeting in particular at the end of last year was very focused on revenue raising. So uh, if you're interested in that and seeing how the company is actually, um, the changes that are being put into place now, if you're interested in checking that out and having a look at that and seeing where that sort of stemmed from, what seed sort of planted to grow that, uh, well worth having a scan of the, um, the minutes uh, I'm assuming that the, um, the January minutes will come out for, I don't know, actually with, um, so we're basically at the stage now where this is the last magazine before it comes out again in e format for, um, e-readers, uh, and in print for September this year. I believe, September 2023. Uh, make sure that you keep submitting though. I don't know about the cutoff date. I don't think that the 15th of May is going to be the cutoff date. Um, might need to confirm that with Steph, but I would assume that they will be accepting submissions over the period of time. And I assume that it's going to be a massive bumper edition, this first edition. Uh, and then honestly, I don't know when the next, like whether it'll be a few months time, say December, uh, or if it'll be January, or if it'll come out monthly again, 
I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm excited to know though. I'm excited to uh, to discover along with uh, with everybody else exactly what uh, the plans are for the magazine. But we are focusing here and now on the um, April edition. So let's get into it. So starting off with uh, Drabble and Flash, and starting off with my friend Mr. Jim Bates with two points. And all I can say on this one, um, Jim, wow. Uh, they do say to never cross a pig farmer. Uh, this is certainly a nice way to kick things off. Nice? Nice is probably the wrong word. Uh, interesting way to, uh, to kick off the, um, the April edition. Um, well done, Jim. I, uh, I know you've got a beautiful garden. Uh, let's hope you're not keeping pigs. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're kicking off Drabble and Flash with Jim, uh, and we finish up Drabble and Flash with Jim as well. But we'll get to that one before we get to, um, to that. We've still got a few more Drabble and Flash pieces to get through. Um, if They Hear You is the next one by Gabriella Balcom. And there's a few pieces this month by Gabriella Balcom. Great to, uh, to see your submissions uh, once again. Um, some very talented writers write for, uh, for uh, the world of myth. I'm very happy to say fair, uh, it gives me great pleasure to, uh, to review each and every piece, each and every story, uh, poem, artwork. Um, we're a very lucky family of creators. Um, I get very excited each month when the magazine comes out and I'm sure that it'll, it'll be no change when um, the, the e-magazines um, come out as well. But anyway, on to uh, If They Hear You by Gabriella Balcom. So never dismiss the local legends I've got here. Even... I can't read my writing. So yes, never ever dismiss the local legends. This is a, uh, a, a bit of a, a spooky story, this one I believe. Let's, oh, come on, let's jump in, jump across. Okay, um, and then on to The Smile by Puneet Kumar. A clever little piece of horror, this one, Puneet. You are the master of strange tales, and this one is no exception. Great to see... Uh, a comment from you, Peggy and James. Uh, writer supporting writers is indeed a uh, a great thing, a beautiful thing, and very very important. It's great that we take the opportunity. Please do if you've got the time, jump in, have a read, um, leave some stars, leave some comments. Um, yes, it's uh, yeah, it's a, a beautiful thing. The community that we've got, <clears throat> and then jumping into a winter soul. By my friend VJ, um, I got a message from VJ the other day. He was uh, he was very excited that uh, that he sent something in to the world of myth, uh, and it got accepted. So uh, so yeah, he was really thrilled, and I'm thrilled that it's in there. A uh, a very interesting story. Um, VJ, you are a true artist with words. What a vision you have painted for us with this tale. Uh, begins bleak, but then it sort of changes 
near the end. Yeah, it's a a, uh, a good one, very entertaining. Um, and then again, Gabriella Balcom with another uh, another piece of uh, piece of flash fiction, a bad place for a campsite. Uh, and yeah, Gabriella, you're spot on there with the title. Spooky, awesome, uh, the vengeance of nature. Very very cool. Uh, and then we have where are we? I'm sorry about this. I'm sort of... Oh, no, don't fall. I'm sort of... On the run. Here we go. This is working with dodgy technology. And yet, somehow, we succeed. Although I guess it depends on what you believe success looks like. Aha, Alan Ashley, on the appointing of a new monarch in the animal kingdom. I thought this was a quite clever little piece. Um, there's much, so much to unpack here. Such an interesting tale, a story or commentary hidden below the surface. This one here, uh, worth a read. Um, yeah, a bit of fun. Uh, definitely there, um, yeah, there was some interesting, uh, yeah, interesting sort of connotations there. Very, very clever. Um, so well done, Alan. Well done. Uh, and then we finish off Drabble and Flash with Alien of Orchard Lake, teaser number three, chapter three. You've got a long, reasonably long title here, Jim. Yep, by Jim Bates. Um, Alien of Orchard Lake, of course, is on MythMart.com as a novel that uh, that we can purchase. Uh, and these teasers are a great way, Jim, to uh, sort of promote the book, promote the story. Um, and this this teaser chapter is uh, is no different. Yeah, very cool, very well done, uh, very clever. I love your writing style, and uh, what a contrast between your first story uh, and this teaser chapter as well. And then we jump into Children's Lit, and cheer cheer, the gang is almost all here. This is a chapter by me, and um, yeah, this is the continuation of the Bulby Fox story. Um, this is, yeah, basically it's a, a bit of a fill-in chapter, but also one that I wanted to sort of explore the ideas of, uh, having a couple of animal characters in the party, like in the fantasy adventuring party, um, and having a druid, the, the druid's ability to speak with animals. Uh, so yeah, this, this was fun for me to, to sort of explore. Um, I, uh, I'm still building it up to, um, like, when all the members of the party are, are sort of gathered together, um, and then the concept of whether or not these strangers with these powers are enough to sort of um, go up against the enemy or, or enemies. Uh, in this case, they're, um, yeah, there's a, a few different factions um, 
So you'll have to wait and see. And I, and I guess in a way I'll have to wait and see. Uh, so hopefully the next chapter will be focused on B and B coming into the capital. Um, and, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see, see how, uh, how that sort of all pans out, whether she immediately catches up with Dove and, uh, and the rest of the gang or uh, whether there's sort of uh, a, a bit in between and whether they sort of stumble across each other or, or that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I've sort of got a, a few ideas floating around in my head, but we'll see where we go. And then we've got Flushed with Success by Glenn Donaldson. And I thought this was well done. This was, yeah, I, uh, I like this one a lot. Where are we? Yeah, this was a fun one, Glenn. I got caught up in the whole scheme. Uh, just a very well-told story. So now, I just want to jump across to some other notes that I made. Here we go. So then, on to fantasy. A Retruthing the Tale by Stephen Oram. And this is the, um, the focal piece for the magazine for, um, for this month, for April. Um, so Stephen, you're not kidding when you say the tale. Retruthing the tale. Uh, honestly, I cannot think of a more well-known one. And what a retelling. I know who I would believe except that I don't want to burst the bubble and squash the fairy tale. So, yeah, um, definitely make sure that you check that one out. Um, and then on to uh, fantasy piece number two, A Moment to Remember Part One by Tom Fowler. And Tom, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more on your murder mystery Um that uh, that I'm hoping is coming up further down, uh, further down in the uh, the list of stories. Um, but this one here, a moment to remember, part one. This one's going to be interesting, I reckon, for us all. This one here. Yeah, a couple of very interesting characters. I'm looking forward to seeing what further happens with the adventures. But this is, yeah, it's, it's a, an interesting story, but I think one that I need to go back to to sort of digest properly. There's a lot going on here, Tom. A lot going on. I'm not sure. Did I manage to make... Do, do, do. Insert elevator music here. Yeah, so no, this is sort of uh, seat of the pants. This is sort of where I, uh, I unfortunately have sort of caught up. So after this, it'll be me rambling. But yes, I need, I honestly need to get back in, uh, find some time and actually properly review the rest. 
but it looks like it's you're sort of setting up the bones for um for another epic one um i i shudder to think uh as a uh, as a writer tom if you are looking at long term another 80 odd chapter one uh similar to your um your um murder mystery uh but yeah it's i i love your character uh generation um and the yeah the sort of the the fully fleshed it's the none of your characters are bare bones two-dimensional there's there's a yeah a lot to unpack um and then another one from Gabriella Balcom. How could you leave me? Just having a... I love the way that you write, Gabriella. I, your, your stories are always so interesting and engaging. I like this one. Yeah, this is this is interesting, very sci-fi. Um, yeah, the again the um, similar to Tom Gabriella, I love the way that you sort of look at building your um, your characters. Uh, each story, they seem to be unique. Um, but you, you sort of, you want to know more about them and you want to sort of follow through the, with the, the adventures that they have. And, uh, in this case, it's, uh, certainly no exception. Um, yes. And this one here is like a very progressive story as well. There's a lot that you can do with 2,000, 3,000 words. Yeah, so make sure that you jump on, make sure that you have a look. Some great stories here. Uh, and How Could You Leave Me is certainly one that I recommend And then, Jeff R. Young. We get on to A Ranger's Tale, Part 10. And, oh, I love, I love everything fantasy and fantasy written well. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that, I think is it Melissa wrote, the stuff that she wrote about elves was uh, incredibly impressive. And... Um, this stuff that Jeff's written, um, focusing on rangers, and as a sort of as a D and D character, um, or as a D and D uh, Dungeons and Dragons class, rangers are often overlooked, but they're so versatile. And I, I don't know if you play Jeff, but I think that the um, the character of uh, of Draven. Yeah, it's this is a very cool fantasy piece. 
Uh, and um, I'm hoping that eventually, once you sort of get from part one to the end, uh, that hopefully down the track, that um, Dark Myth Publishing will sort of wonder whether um, they'd be interested in publishing this as a book. I reckon it'd be a cool novel. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. The... Um, a, a great piece of fantasy here, uh, and a wonderful chapter. And then we finish up fantasy with Pietra's Tale, part 24. So this one here is um, my, uh, my ongoing serial that will eventually become the, uh, the second novel in my fantasy series, um, the, uh, the Prophecies of Andropole. Um, and this I've really been enjoying focusing on Pietra as a character and focusing on the people that are around her and the people that are supporting her and sort of guiding her along in her journey. Um, I've also been, I'm, I'm thinking that we're, we're sort of coming close to drawing this as a serial to a close. And so I've been sort of thinking about what uh, is happening in the rest of the world what major things are occurring um, around, uh, like away from Pietra and away from the sort of the army that she's been building up and the mission that she's got uh, and the, therefore the, the Sylvan people uh, have got to try and again save humanity from, uh, from the evil wolf-like Vorzerk um, pieces. Uh, the, uh, the their sort of their army, their warrior culture, their barbaric culture. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun and interesting for me to sort of write these pieces that are focusing more on Pietra, but also to sort of think about the other stuff that's sort of happening outside of that. So anyway, if you are enjoying Pietra's tale, make sure that you jump on. Make sure that you uh, you have a bit of a read. Um, but we will finish up fantasy there and jump straight into horror. The Ravine, part one, by Kate MacDonald Dunbar. Uh, thank you for another horrific submission, Kate. Um, are you the Queen of Terror? I don't know. It, um, you, uh, you've certainly submitted all sorts of different pieces... Uh, over the uh, the times that I've been reviewing. Yeah, I... Uh, I like a bit of horror. I... Uh, yeah, over the... Um, the years that I've been writing and, uh, and reading, and especially the stuff that's on um, the, the world of myth, magazine uh, and especially uh, being given the, the wonderful job of reviewing pieces um, yeah I have I've, uh, I've discovered um, a love of horror I'm not that keen on watching horror movies but certainly horror stories and tales of terror um, yeah I've been really enjoying And yes, this one here is definitely no uh, no exception. It's um, yeah, it's a uh, an interesting tale of terror. 
I won't spoil it for anyone though. But uh, thank you, Kate. Um, definitely one that's worth a look, if you dare. And then on to action and suspense. Eight Ball by Dawn de Bral. Now, I love everything and anything that Dawn writes. You are an incredibly talented... Incredibly talented writer, Dawn. Um, everything you touch seems to turn to gold. Yes, this is quite good. Definitely. Yeah, there's, uh, there's plenty going on here, Dawn. Definitely. It's um, straight into the action. Yes. I love the way you tell a tale and the way that you sort of create characters that people are interested in straight off the bat, Dawn. And then it all sort of unravels and all the pieces of the puzzle sort of come to the surface and you piece it all together and then you get to the end and you just think, wow, yeah, Betty and, uh, and Peggy have left comments here. Yeah, best one yet. Uh, you're spot on there, Betty. Yes, well, well done, uh, well done, Dawn. Um, I don't know what you've experienced to be able to write these sort of stories, but um, I uh, I shudder to think. Uh, and then we get into in the midst of normalcy, part five by Tom Fowler. This is like one epic mystery, Tom. Definitely. And the, the family, the extended family, we get more and more of an insight, but less and less of a clue, I think, of what's going on. This is, yeah, if you're, if you're following this one, um, there, we've still got a long way to go. Uh, I can sort of see what you're doing here, Tom, in, um, in trying to uh, to set the scene, uh, revealing little bits by little bits, um, there's yeah, there's there's a lot going on, um, and there's still pff, another seventy odd chapters to go, so um, yeah, strap in and uh, and hold on tight, uh, and make sure that you're taking plenty of notes. So then on to thirty eight minutes by James Rumpel. This is in the sci-fi category. And I'm always interested in the things that James writes. Yeah, I love the way that, um, especially with your sci-fi stuff, uh, 
James, that you're you're sort of bring about your own past experiences and sort of set them somewhere in the in the distant universe. Yes, this is a bit deja vu. Yeah. A little bit weird, James. I like it. Yes. There's a bit of a loop going on. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. If you, uh, like, uh, if you love your, um, sci-fi groundhoggy, Groundhog Day-ish. Yeah, wow. There's... Yeah, there's... Yeah, I was... This one here is definitely one that I want to go back and uh, and have a, uh, a good look at. Thank you, James. Very, very... Clever. And then on to Humour by Laverne Spencer McCarthy. This one's called Walking Shoes. Let's jump down and have a look. Um, I can't remember, Laverne, if um, I've read anything by you before. I... um. Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, of names that I'm familiar with, uh, writers that I'm familiar with for um, for this April edition. But Laverne, I don't think that you're one that I'm familiar with. Yeah, but this is an interesting story. This one's good. Quite clever. Yes, I like it. It's um yeah, a bit of a bit of a weird one, but um Interesting sense of humour you've got, Laverne. Yes, well done. A wonderful, wonderful story. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to going back and um, giving it a proper review. But yes, a uh, a great addition to the humour archives. And then jumping into. Poetry. And kicking off with my own poem, A Faint Knock at the Door. And this one here was inspired by uh, my daughter's picture. Um, She drew a picture and I asked her, uh, do you want me to submit it to World of Myth for, uh, for April um, and she was pretty keen, and I'm thrilled that her uh, her pictures 
in there in the youth section of the gallery um, up with Zoe's as well uh, so Boo's picture uh, this is a um, a poem that I wrote uh, inspired by that so please make sure if you have a look at one please make sure that you have a look at the other uh, and I would probably say jump into the gallery and have a look at the picture first but I won't say too much more on that um, but I'll jump into poem number two a very special angel by Peggy Gerber and I love the the sort of clever stuff that Peggy does um, there's like the um, the vampire uh, dwarf um, with his beautiful wife couple um, there's yeah there's I Peggy like quite often there's quirky stuff that you do And this one here is beautiful. This one here is not so quirky, but this one here is more nostalgic, more of a, um, yeah, a beautiful wish, a beautiful vision. Yeah, it's all about the next chapter. It's all about the next adventure, um, but enjoying or getting the most out of the chapter that we find ourselves currently in. Um, yeah. Well, we've got a few votes, Peggy, for this one, but no comments yet. So, uh, so I'll make sure, please make sure that you jump in uh, and comment if you can, uh, but I'll make sure that I uh, try and take the opportunity to, uh, to jump in and um, leave your comment myself, Peggy. Um, Love, love the the stuff that you do, uh, and love that you're uh, a part of uh, this dark myth family. And then we've got composers and mistakes by Strider Marcus Jones. And Strider, you have a great way of consistently presenting your poetry and your visions and the things that sort of pop into your mind. Um, and yeah, I I like this one as well. This one's uh, no exception. This one here is your your typical style. And it's yeah, it's a a great little poem, well worth jumping in and having a look at. So uh, so please take the chance. Please take the opportunity. Um, and if you can before the tenth, uh, and leave a um, leave a comment would be uh, very much appreciated by, uh, by all of our poets and all of our, our writers and all of our artists. We move on to Confession by Puneet Kumar. Um, and I like this one. This one here is a little bit romantic, I think, from the... Um, yeah, beautiful. A very, very lovely poem. Um, I know uh, Panit to um, to sort of be a um, an interesting writer of uh, of horror, terror, the the weird and wonderful. But uh, this is certainly a um, a beautiful piece by you, my friend. So well done, and thank you for um, allowing us to uh, to enjoy it. And then on to Enchanted by Jeff R. Young. So, um, 
after the um, traditional fantasy piece uh, about the ranger. Yes, there's like a real ranger nature um, fantasy type feel to this uh, this poem as well, Jeff. And yeah, there's um, a uh, an interesting. Yes, the um, almost spiritual um, paganistic type feel to uh, to this one. Uh, yeah, very cool. I uh, I like the consistency and sort of the the almost the connection between um, the two. Your story and your your poetry as well. Yeah, very cool. Keep up the great work. Uh, and then uh, Anne-Christine Tabaka, uh, my friend Christine. Uh, I've read a lot of your poetry through um, other sites. Um, the, there's some wonderful stuff on, online, uh, on YouTube, um, of, your poet, uh, of your poems, Christine. Um, you're an incredibly talented poet, a beautiful visionary, um, sort of connect quite well to, uh, to your emotions and the, uh, the emotions of your, um, your readers as well. So this one's called Five Minutes Last Forever. Yes, this is, this is probably a non-traditional poem the way that it's sort of presented um but i love the way that you sort of tap into that emotion um that that uh yeah there's the sort of regret regarding um the the way that real life sort of saps our uh, the time that we have so that we have less time for those special moments I like yeah I, I like what you've done here Christine very much and then we move on to Gift Giver by Cindy Rini I think it is So having a quick look, Cindy, I believe you might be another one that I'm not overly familiar with. Um, you may have sent poems in or stories into um, the world of myth before I sort of came on board. Um, Twenty end of twenty eighteen, maybe beginning of twenty nineteen, um, maybe mid twenty nineteen, sort of when I yeah. Uh, I discovered this wonderful site, this wonderful company. Um, but I like this. This is very spiritual. Yes. Well done. I, I love the range of different types of poetry and styles of, of, uh, of poetry and the, the different 
poets and the way that they sort of look at the the notion of what poetry is um it indeed it is indeed a gift um so moving on to ink by uh my friend vj and i apologize for the pausing but where i'm looking and the way the light is sort of hitting my laptop and the uh unfortunately the light um of this dark uh autumn day uh, is sort of making it very difficult to see the little hand on the screen but vj i'm in i'm having a look at ink now Uh, yeah, I, I like it. The, the sort of the, the constant ending with the same, the wink, shrink, blink, the, yeah, this is, yeah, I, like, as I said before, I, I love the variety of poetry that we uh, we get to experience on this site. Um, wow. Still so many more poems to go. Let's get into the next one. Um, but yeah, definitely, to do yourself a favour, have a look at, check out Ink, um, check out all the poetry, actually. Um, poetry, poetry seems to be a very popular section on the World of Myth magazine. Um, Here's another one by Kate McDonald Dunbar. This one here is called Mom Sinister Comedy. Yes, the dark. Uh, yeah, where did you come up with this idea? Let's have a look. Yes, this is a dark one, Kate. Dark, but fun. It's, um, yeah, not the sort of situation that you want to find yourself in. Um, and then we move on to uh, Myth and Myth Tear by Ken Goss. Come on. I like the stuff that uh, that Ken does, sort of um, taking stories that we know well and um, pre- um, presenting them in a very different way. Uh, and this is no different. Short, short, but sweet, but f- interesting, uh, engaging. Um, yeah, make sure that you jump on, make sure that you check out Ken's poem. Um, especially if you like... Greek mythology as well, and then there's John F. Uh, John, sorry, John W. Flukinger. There once was a boy from Mobile, and I shudder to think where this is going to go. So, but let's delve in. Let's dive down the rabbit hole and have a look. Um, John, you're a uh, a new one for me as well. I think. Let's go, uh, let's delve in. 
There once was a boy from Mobile who thought he could fix the Ferris wheel. He climbed up a ladder to see what's the matter. Ah. Well done, John. Um, yeah, a, uh, a great little limerick. Very, uh, very good. Um, hopefully you send more in. Definitely. Uh, and then the final poem, Windswept Vistas by Sultana Raza. And uh, I'm very familiar with Sultana's wonderful work. And I wonder... Let's have a look. Uh, not this time. Sometimes Sultana will leave... I believe it's Sultana. Sometimes Sultana will leave a... Um, a YouTube link to her poem as well. Yeah, and I love too, Sultana, the way that you sort of look at um, the the muses, the influences of poems and poetry um, and myths and legends and you sort of bring that all in um, and weave a... Uh, a, a very interesting tale every single time with your stories, your poetry, um, everything that you do. Yeah, this one's an interesting one. Very well done. A uh, a great homage there, Sultana, to uh, to many a famous poet, or in in this case three. Um, but yes, very uh, very well told. You uh, you always have a uh, an interesting way of looking at the world around you and looking at the different influences. So, jumping into the art gallery. And a new visitor by Bethany Law, my daughter Boo. And I am uh, thrilled to have her included in the April edition of um, the World of Myth magazine. Uh, and, oh, I was just blown away by this, this simple black and white image that she created. She drew by hand. Uh, so blown away, so inspired that I had to write a poem. Uh, so please, please make sure you jump in the gallery, uh, check out a new visitor before you read my poem, um, A Knock at the Door. Or pff, just look at the picture uh, and leave a, uh, an inspiring comment. I'm trying to encourage Boo to draw more and more and hopefully there'll be something else that we can add to the, uh, the youth art gallery for... Um, the, uh, the e-magazine in September. And then moving on to OMG Kenny. And for a moment there, once again, I lost my mouse, my little pointer finger. But looking forward to this, I love... Yes... Hold on, Zoe. This one's fun. It's almost like a Minecraft version of a um, 
character from um, South Park. Very cool. Good old Kenny. He can say so much and get away with it. I like it. What well on, Zoe. Keep up the amazing work. And I love the fact that each part, uh, each of your artworks that you submit, they're all so different and all so unique. But they all have your sort of style. And then God's Power D. Patrick, one story. Nice wheels, my friend. Very cool. I like it. And I love the fact that um, according to the minutes from December 2022, that you're on board with doing the um, some of the artwork, all of the artwork for American Smash, I believe. You have a great style, my friend. Very cool. A very talented artist. Uh, and although the, um, the current cover for, uh, for this magazine um, is pretty cool, I must say that your image would have made a great, great cover as well. And then, foom! By William Slim Black. Nice. That's almost got a comic book style to it as well. And I have to admit, I'm sort of looking through on behalf of a friend for a sci-fi comic that she's trying to get published. And one of the things that um, Mr. David K. Montoya gave as feedback was saying, um, creating a variety of uh, styles throughout the comic. And this here, with, with Boom, is, uh, is a great example of that. It's um, not having the uh, everything in the scene, just a big impact image um, perfect example so uh, so well done and on to food and reflection Connie Minutolo is our cover artist for uh, for April and a beautiful delicate elegant picture um, I just love the fact that this here being a close-up you don't have to fill in all the gaps. We sort of fill in the detail of the lady with our own minds. Um, but just the intricate detail of the, the background and then the close-up of the, the hair and the food and the chopsticks. And this, yeah, this is a really cool cover. So well done, Connie. Uh, and then... On to our final piece from the gallery, I Am Legend. And here we go. By Eric Rivera. And yeah, this is kind of cool. Very... Weird space age. D 
definitely different. This could be a cool, this could have been a cool cover as well. Like, there's a lot happening in this picture. Um, we have some really, really clever artists that submit to, uh, to the world of myth, which uh, I'm very proud. Like, the, the world of myth is an uh, amazing site for, um, for poems, for stories, for art, for everything, really. Uh, and speaking of everything, the um, we get to the reviews, reviewing the reviews. Uh, and look, Dave, I haven't forgotten my uh, my first review. Of course, I forgot to review the reviews, um, embarrassingly so. Uh, and I haven't forgotten ever since. Um, so reviews, jumping into the podcast, uh, the World of Myth Bits podcast by me. Uh, and of course. Um, I've only been doing, recording the, the podcasts uh, since the, uh, I think, the, the early or mid-180s. Um, so uh, there's a lot of history before I've sort of jumped on board. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm really proud to have my name sort of at the bottom of these. Uh, and I'm really, really happy to hear that there are a lot of listeners out there. A lot of listeners uh, listening to the World of Myth Bits. Uh, but also Looper's Bits as well, um, and the other um, Dark Myth-related podcasts as well. So please, yeah, the, we love the, the fact that there are listeners out there. Uh, and I think um, December Minutes, I reckon it mentions something like where we almost hit, um, almost hit 3,000 listeners across the different podcasts. Um, across the the month, yeah, which is kind of cool, um, but enough about that. I wanted to jump in um, for the the actual reviews, uh, starting off with the movie reviews, and we have a review of Evil Dead Rising by Kevin Hoskinson, and I believe Kevin is uh, involved in Dark Myth, the the Dark Myth family. Or maybe not. I love that picture, Kevin. That's very cool. There's uh, like a gold, gold, uh, it's almost like an R2-D2 style Groot. Kind of cool. Ah, no, I take that back. It's like a Groot, Groot style Groot. Uh, baby Groot. There's, yeah, there's something cool about Baby Groot. Uh, and then we move over to the image of the movie. And I remember my... Um, my brother-in-law, who loves like the Evil Dead movies, um, loves Ash and uh, yeah, the the crazy stuff there. Um, yeah, the so he's shown me a number of times the um, the trailer for this one, and I don't know if I want to watch it. It looks really creepy and really, really, uh, yeah, kind of crazy, scary. See on screen is covered in. Yes, nice. So, uh, if you love horror movies and if you love the Evil Dead franchise, um, yeah, by uh, reading through this review, um, this particular one looks like it doesn't disappoint. 
in actual fact, from very humble beginnings, um, this is the blockbuster, definitely. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's true, Kevin. So, um, sort of looking at um, how many Evil Dead films there have been and the fact that it's consistently the backwards reciting of... Um, yeah, there's the involvement of the Necronomicon, uh, the, the very famous book by... Um, the um, H.P. Lovecraft, I reckon. Um, yeah, and that's sort of been brought into the, the horror movie. Um, yeah, the um, this sounds like it's really well done. So uh, I must admit, if my brother-in-law invited me out to, uh, to watch it, or if um, for some strange reason we uh, sort of popped over to his joint and... Um, Instead of playing a tabletop session of uh, of Dungeons and Dragons or a board game day or that sort of thing, if he said, "I'll come over and we'll watch um, this uh, the fifth Evil Dead movie," based on this review, I might have to say yes. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you for changing my mind. Uh, and then on to book review, uh, Prince Harry's Spare by Michael A. Arnold. And I must say, I've heard a lot about this book, and working for a library, you would definitely know about this book and all the controversy um, uh, between the monarchists and the republicans. So it's going to be interesting to see what you think, Michael. Yes, the strangest that you've ever read. Okay, right. Interesting. Yeah, I I must admit, I uh, myself haven't read it. And I love the way, Michael, that you sort of come into a review um, without much bias. You, you sort of, you, you look at it. Yeah, that's interesting too. Yes. Yeah, this the fact fact checking and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, the it's um it all comes down to there's one person's truth, there's the other person's truth, and then there's the actual truth. Uh, and I think that's what you're trying to say here, Michael, is that Har Harry's got his truth. Um, and then there's the um, the point of view from uh, within the palace and other members of the family. Um, and then there's actually what's going on and actually what did happen. And we may not know the actual truth. Uh, but yeah, this is a, an interesting, another interesting review from you, uh, Michael. I, was, I don't know. I was, have you convinced me to sort of jump in and, um, and have a look? at this particular book um, do I want to know more about Prince Harry do I want to know his side of the story I don't know 
I'm I'm glad that you've taken the time to sort of re- review it. Um, I I might be satisfied with that. So thank you. Uh, and then um, I'm really looking forward to this though. Your review of Banksy and anonymity. Uh, anonymity. Banksy and anonymity. Yeah, and I believe they're two artists that for a while there, um, nobody knew who they were. Yes, and I believe, yeah, so uh, I believe um, Banks, Banksy's identity is still in dispute, which is kind of cool. The This mysterious artist um, that is doing so much changing perceptions of uh, of the modern world. Not the only reason we should let him remain anonymous. Banksy's not just showing us something we tend to forget about art, that it can be, and perhaps should be, appreciated, even interpreted as itself. Yeah, that's, I, I love the way that you do your reviews, Michael, uh, and I love the way that each and every month, or each and every magazine, we have the opportunity to be exposed to something new, and something that we would never have considered sort of looking into, um, Well done, uh, and thank you. And yeah, please, um, if you do have the opportunity, make sure that you uh, you jump in um, and make sure that you take the time to review the reviews. This is Tim signing off on an incredibly long podcast. Uh, for that, I apologise. Um, but yeah, looking forward to um, coming up with a theme for uh, for next month and for uh, podcast episode 223 as we're uh, madly chasing down that 250th podcast. So thanks everyone for listening.